Got a podcasting Charles McFall coming to you live, baby, right here on Facebook. Oh, it is good to be back, back, back in the saddle again. Uh, <laughs> there's an old reference right there for you. So yeah, I've uh, I've been working a lot on a certain project that I'm about to talk to you about, and uh, doing a whole lot of things with that. A lot of awesome stuff with Giant Size at Team Up Network. And just handling business, man. Handling business, doing the grind, doing the hustle. Doing the hustle. <laughs> anyway, doing all of that fun stuff. As I, God, I hate whistling on podcasts. I do not know why I did that because it's so annoying when I hear it because the sharp, shrill sounds and all that stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> doing the Facebook Live, a share and love, and that kind of thing about what I love. Inspired by at B. Dot C. Nope, not two dots, one dot. B C. Seriously, can I not pull this up? There he is. All right, got that. Uh, all right, posting it here. Hey, Nicole, glad to have you in. So yeah, today is a, a good day, man. I just, uh, <laughs> I just, I just saw a video on YouTube expressing. I didn't do it. I just got to see it. But I saw a video on YouTube expressing some of my own actual thoughts about Pokemon Go and about some of the people in the community who represent the community. And you know, we get stuck. We do. We get as human beings or as media creators, right? I I choose different paths to take to create media and how to do it here. I choose to say whatever the hell I want to say. Say it however the hell I want to say it. You know, you're going to get some fuck shit dams in there. And you're going to get truth, though. You're going to get unabashed, unapologetic views on what I do and what I want to do and how I do it. Because that's what this whole show is about. But I do understand my audience here and understand the warnings I give up front. For those of you who don't know, if you've never been here before, as you've already heard, it's a little not safe for work language going on sometimes there's not safe for work commentary or content because you know what i talk about real human condition and i talk about the things that go on and sometimes i'll talk graphically about things i think you need to know about not to be salacious never to be clickbaity in any way but to say hey let's cut through the bullshit and let's talk about life this is tony robbins motivation meet some kevin smith storytelling with that nutty sauce on the side and a little bit of jim swilly truth telling and soul searching that's what the rock got a podcasting is all about so i hope you stick around and tune in and have fun it's been what three minutes and now we're going to start the show this is called chasing the dragon and that title does come from B.C. Dodge himself uh, as he inspired this conversation. But it's all about Dragon Con and how I've gotten involved in Dragon Con and how really the whole path of Dragon Con is just a physical manifestation of how I've lived my whole life. So the short version is you give to get, right? The short version is you plug in to help people. You, you Man, there's so many people who miss out on success in life because they think, hey, I'll show up, I'll just be a rock star because I deserve to be a rock star. Podcasting is a huge industry that is rife 
with people like that. Turn on the microphone. Record something. Maybe my audio is okay. Maybe it's not. And speaking of audio being okay, right now you might hear, in fact, I'm going to make you hear the fan in my studio. All right. There you go. That shh. Because, <laughs> Nicole, please do not curse. It offends me to the point that I want to cry. Hit the snowflake button. Parachute on out. Go find a nice show. Hey, you know what? You want a nice show that I do? Pokemon Go Podcast is a nice, clean show with no swearing. Breaking the Panels, another nice, clean show with no swearing. Go check those shows out. I guest on other shows with, with no swearing. Here, you're going to cry. That's all there is to it, darling. It's going to happen. So, uh, But I pointed out the fan because... It's August in, in Georgia, man. It's hot, and it is sweaty. So this is the one month of the year in my studio I allow background noise to happen. Uh, so you might be picking up on the fan and everything because I, it is necessary. It just is. You're going to have to suck it up. I don't have a nice 1000 Well, it would be a lot more than $1,000, wouldn't it? Probably, it probably, I'm guessing, run me. I'm going to be ex- because I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to be a little extra here, but I'd say about 20 grand to make this studio a climate controlled studio. Maybe they could do it for less than that, but it needs its own control, right? It would need its own air conditioning uh, unit, possibly, uh, to that. I mean, I guess I could do a, a window unit for 100 bucks, but then you hear that all the time. No, I mean the silent stuff where you don't hear any fans, you don't hear any air blowing, any motion, but it keeps it nice 68 degrees, which is what I like my studio to be at. That is impossible, so you're going to hear some fans. Man, I am I am hyped up. Where is that BC Dodge at? I want to say uh, at Carl. Carl. Hey, Carl. Where you at? And that's what I do. So, hey, I want to ask you to do this for me. Hit that like button. Hit that love button. Hit that share button because, you know, that's how this rolls on Facebook. That's how you get uh, traction, and I like traction. You know, I like – I hate – I'll throw my – never mind. I was, I was trying to go with a stupid joke, and it won't happen. But Carl and I were actually talking yesterday about just catching up and doing different things. He and I work on some projects together. He is the SEO guru for Giant Size Team Up Network. Check that out, man. GSTU, GiantSizeTeamUpNetwork.com. Actually, GiantSizeTeamUp.com, rather. Sorry. GiantSizeTeamUp.com. And lots of great geek shows over there. Lots of cool stuff going on. Uh, so, but today we're, we're talking about different things in our lives and uh, trying to get the future uh, progress made, you know, the, our careers, trying to open up new, new doors. Because here's the whole thing about a hustle. And we call it the hustle. So I, 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 I just recently realized I hate the word grind, right? I hate that. It comes from... Uh, who does that? Is that the, the blacksmiths? You know, they sharpen the swords, they sharpen the axes. And it's a big grinding stone, and, it's, and you you literally grind down the edges to refine it, and you have to do it over and over and over to sharpen, especially when it's a super dull blade or a new blade. You have to do it a lot to sharpen it, and it's just tedious. That's what the word grind to me means. It's just tedious. It's something we have to do to get where we want to be. And <laughs> I did this weird head thing on the video. So check it out, facebook.com forward slash rock out of podcasting. If you get this on the podcast, uh, it'll also eventually be up at youtube.com on my uh, channel, CKYMNSTR by th- or Charles.McFall. I think you can do. Just look Charles McFall or Rock Out of Podcasting up on YouTube and you will find me there. So, hey, Mike Woodard, I'd like to see you in, man. That's awesome. So, uh, but the word grind. 
holy crap, man, right? It, it, it just infers this negativity. It just infers this, I have to do this to get to that. And that's just not true. But the hustle, man, the er, every day be hustling. You know, Rick Ross, every day be hustling, hustling, hustling. That's me, man. And I always have something going on. And I'm going to specifically talk about the hustle and, and Dragon Con here in just a minute, my whole path to getting there. Because it, it really is a great allegory for how I've lived my life because I've always gone into places to find a place to belong. That's where it started from, right? I always... Felt alone in this world. I grew up in the church. Felt very disenfranchised with it. I still do, because honestly, churches are corporations. They're probably got something decent that they're trying to do somewhere in there, but there's a whole lot of extra hullabaloo built around it. It's a bunch of crap. So, uh, you, case in point, you want to teach God his love, but you're going to make me jump through a whole bunch of bullshit hoops to get you know in your church to fit in. Yeah. So not to digress on the religion, but yeah, that. Uh, corporations are the same way, man. I hate big corporations. Nothing, you know, I'm not one of these anti-corporate stuff. But when you get to a certain size, it is a hell of a lot easier to lose sight of where you came from, number one, but two, who you're serving. Apple did it. They fired Steve Jobs. They tanked in the market for 10 or 12 years, trying everything they thought the, the that people wanted Losing all side of what people actually wanted, what the their customers, what they who they are there to serve, they lost all side of that, and then they brought Steve Jobs back, and it got right, it got on track, and now we have the iPhones and the iPads and the the all the great googly moogly stuff that we have out there, and yeah, I just think corporations is you get so big, it's too hard to see the people that you work for. Now some can do it. I Tony P. Henderson, friend of mine. I forget. I always forget which company he works for. But he works for a large insurance company. Now, I think insurance is a bit of a scam, and I've talked about that here on the show before. We can talk about it some more at a future point. But he loves his company, not because he drank the Kool-Aid, but because every time I've talked to him about it and asked him what he liked about it, he's talking about how they treat him as a person, how they make him feel valuable, how he can contribute and see actual changes in the way the company does business based on his contributions. And that's, that is something to be considered. So now that BC finally seemed to show up, we can get on with the show and I can talk about the topic. But no, I really was just all set up on, on missing out and connecting with people. And that's the thing, is I've gone into churches. That's what I grew up with, right? So I was looking for a place to plug in because I was poor. I was broke as shit. Hey, CJ! I'm glad that you joined in. I love CJ, man. I love my appearances on, on uh, Geek.io. Dot net uh, love he invited me recently and my schedule just doesn't allow it I mean tonight I'm gonna record I've already done one show today this is my second tonight I'll be doing two more shows and they just happen to be covering the time slots that uh, <laughs> that uh, he's recording but I love man I just love the shenanigans over there it's the best way to put it I mean I doubt they ever market their show that way and I don't know how you'd market that show that way but I can just tell you it's just fun it feels like a podcaster playground. It's just fun to go in and and just have fun and, can, and make people laugh and they make you laugh and and you're just sharing your passion and it's a great thing. So check that out, geek-io.net. Love love being on those shows and and I hate that I had to turn you down, man. It's it's I look forward to seeing you at DragonCon though. We'll we'll definitely you know hang out a little bit at DragonCon as much as I can. But that's what we're talking about today is DragonCon and I'm gonna share my journey. But yeah, you go and you plug in. You go and you plug in. To places. We do it for work. 
right? We try to find stuff to validate us at work. But I always went to church because I was broke as shit. And they were always preaching tithe and give money. And I'm walking into a giant building that I didn't have anything to do with building, and I don't give a shit about tithing. But I have skills and abilities. I can do music. I can do different variations on music. I can definitely do all your tech now. I can get you online. I can run all of your sound to make it sound crisp and clear and perfect in the way you want it. I can tell you exactly what you need to do. And church after church after church would just throw me aside because they just wanted money. And I didn't have money. But a lot of people I've noticed now on the flip side of that, I work with a group called Metron. And it's church adjacent. It's like TED Talks meets religion. It's really, I really, really find it an awesome place to be. And it's uh, Metron Live is the podcast. Uh, the videos that I, I say, I'm always behind the camera on that one. But I run all the broadcasts and tech for Metron. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still, uh, a little side note, CJ. Asked, uh, we're still on for streaming the podcast track. That is the plan. I mean, no, I have to say the plan because I always use those kind of conditioning words until I get there and plug it in and everything's ding, good to go. But yeah, just like I have the software to go to Facebook here right now, I've taken this exact computer, this camera, my tripod, and we have internet provided for us this year. Uh, finally, we got that happening. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the plan is every track is going to be, uh, as long as it's in Galleria 6, which is our main podcast room, it will be streamed on the DragonCon Facebook page, and videos will be, uh, I don't know if you can download them if you're not part of the page, but they will be made available to the host when we can. So if you can download it straight from the page, more power to you. If you can't, just like in the years past with the audio, just kind of keep contacting us saying, hey, I need to get the audio, and uh, we're going to do all of that, right? We're going to make sure you have the, the podcast, the MP3 version of your show, and the, the video of your show as best we can. Uh, no, no, no. You don't have to bring your Go Rig or anything like that. Uh, so, anyway, back to plugging in. And, and on the flip side, and I really do recommend, it's Bish in the Now uh, on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash B-I-S-H, Bish in the Now. And Metron... Live is the, the church services on Sunday morning, and they're really church-adjacent, like I said. But I can't talk enough about the the insight that goes on, the science that he talks about, the metaphysical stuff, the universal stuff. Uh, it, it's just, I hate church. I love this place. I'm just going to leave it at that. So you can check all that stuff out. But being there and running, literally being the head of the team that runs all the tech, I see people wanting to plug in to get attention. And that never works. It never works when you try to give to get, okay? When you, you plug in and go, look at me, look at me. I just want to be close to you and touch you and do all that jazz. People see right through it. People just, we hate that. We just do. We hate that. We hate people who just want to be close enough, close to us to touch us. I make myself available to the public, right? So if there's a fan, and I still, as much of an ego as I have, and I am starting to realize there are actually people who are fans of what I do who don't know me. And they're like, man, we really love what you do. I'm starting to get that. It's still, I don't have that ego to everybody loves me. Here, let me sign that autograph. Now, I will have my Sharpie, and if people want me to sign an autograph, I will. But I never assume that, right? I just talk to you as people. And when people come by and just want to say hey or, or express their fandom, that's awesome. I love that, but I never assume it. So I'm always working on projects, and when people come near me, I look to see if they're wanting to work on that project or how 
everything works to the better of all, right? And so that shines through. And so now uh, I think that'll lead us right into Dragon Con right here because I could talk about all kind of stories of where I've missed and where I've hit. But I think the Dragon Con story is one of the best. When I was okay, so I was homeschooled when I was a kid from second grade on through graduation. I was homeschooled, and I'm trying to remember how old I was. Well, Walmart was before I went to college, so I had to be 16, 17 years old. Yes. So I was 17 years old and went and got a holiday job at Walmart, the local Walmart where I lived, which was Athens, Georgia. And they hired me for the holidays, did that whole thing of, of, you know, temporary work, blah, blah, blah. Back then, Sam Walton was still alive. The stores were expected to be clean. Everything was in America, which I, I'm, okay. I'm okay with things being made in China. But you built your goddamn company on America. And people still believe America, but you sell cheap, Chinese knockoff shit is what you do at Walmart. Walmart is lowest common denominator. God, I hate Walmart. Brad, love you. Love you to death. I know you work for, for the devil, but it's okay, man. You'll, you'll be free one day. And I'll just leave it at that. But it, it just, I was thinking last night, I had to, at this time of night when my wife needed some cat food, I had to go into a Walmart, and I was thinking, God. If, if somehow the stuff that I, I talk about with them just in life, just how you treat people, how everybody should be empowered to be awesome, and the corporations who don't like Walmart, somehow I'd lead to bringing them down, it would tickle me pink because I fucking hate Walmart. <laughs> but I was there last night. It's whatever. They got a few – they got $2. They got $2 out of me. So, but I worked at Walmart in the 90s, mid-90s, and it was a good company. I mean, they had standards, and they had – uh, price checking and we want to serve the customer the customer was number one and it was a great place to be then and ultimately I, as I do with most things I did a good job they kept me on after the holidays then I was temporarily the manager of of pets and worked in the pet department for a while and then the, the real manager I honestly don't know the story the guy just fucking didn't show up one day and he was a known alcoholic and a presumed drug user uh, as in like marijuana you know I don't think he ever did any of the hardcore stuff. Uh, it wasn't like missing because he's in a meth coma or overdose on heroin or anything, to my knowledge. I mean, he didn't strike me as that, even in my memory. He, didn't, he strikes me as a hippie, so he's probably smoked pot and drank beer. And that was my first exposure to some of the seedier things in life. This is before uh, Internet really came around, but bulletin boards were there, so I learned about how to find naked chicks on bulletin boards. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I learned about Dungeons and Dragons a little bit. I learned about, oh God, they introduced me to some cool video games, too. I can't remember what they were now. But I learned, I learned some things that maybe I didn't want to know at that time. I was very sheltered, very naive. Teacher. All right, enough of that. So, <laughs> uh, my point is, though. That's where I heard about Dragon Con. So this hippie guy, two guys were telling me about it. One is this big, fat dude named Mitch. And, I mean, he had neck beard. He is the goddamn definition of neck beard. I mean, <laughs> he literally had a goatee but would not shave from his ears down his jawline on his neck. It just had – it wasn't a bushy beard. It was just, like, four or five days growth. And enough to notice, like, God, you need a shower or something, man. There's something – that just looks dirty. I, I never saw him clean shaven. He was a damn net beard. <laughs> and, and 
God, the timing is off because when it comes through to you and then, like, CJ comments, I don't always understand what he's referencing because the timing's off. So I need to go back. I'll go back and watch the video to see when those comments come in to, to get the, some of the jokes because uh, I'm sure they're funny because <laughs> it looks funny. Um, but he was telling me, he was the one that, that shared his 3.5 floppy disks of, of weird porn and fanfic and all that jazz from bulletin boards. Um and he told me about Dragon Con. I was like, God, you're a weirdo. Banned from singing. No, that's fair enough. Fair enough on the show. I actually do fairly decently with certain karaoke songs. But no, I know that was bad. No no, fair, no, no harm, no foul. Uh, it's like, God, you're weird. And you're weird. And you're telling me about this thing called Dragon Con. And that's, you're just weird. I don't want to talk to you. So then I talked to Doug. Doug was the hippie that, I, honestly, he might not have done drugs. I don't know. I mean, I was 16, 17 years old at the time, working out of my element because I was homeschooled. I was doing my homework around my schedule or my work, schoolwork around my schedule at Walmart. So I was working in the morning and daytimes because that's where the slots were to work. And even then, man, when Doug disappeared for, I don't know, three, four, five weeks, it was a while. It was a little while. And. They said, okay, we need you to run this. And I was doing schedules, and I was doing price checks, and I was making orders. And I've always handled my shit, man. That's what I do. I was, I was born to lead. I was born to run things. I was born to be a leader. In fact, I just had a conversation with Paul Klotz and Chris Wisdom uh, the other day. Where there's two of my partners at Giant Size Team Up Network. Got three partners. I'm holding up four fingers. Go fucking figure. Three partners at Giant Size Team Up. Brian Ibbett, Paul Klotz, and Chris Wisdom all are my partners to run that company. And we were just kind of doing a pre-show chat or whatever, and we're talking about. Funny story, I never, when we first talked about building the network, it was Ibbett and Klotz and myself. And I just, I honestly kind of pulled a diva moment and thought, in my brain, never said out loud, but thought, Awesome. I'll get to just show up and do what I love to do, which is go out and find talent and sign shows to the network and be, you know, have fun with it and show up and do the shows and whatnot. And Klotz, because he ran a comic book store, he'll run this thing. And uh, Ibit, because he's done a bunch of other stuff, maybe he'll run this thing. Well, Ibit was thinking probably the same things. I'm super busy, but I really believe in what, what this is going on. And to be fair, I was the one going, oh, I mean, I was leading the conversation, right? I. I'm always the one with the passion. I'm always the one with the vision. That's not to say my partners can't have passion and vision. It's just that's how I am 24-7 is, is passion and vision. And assholiness and creepiness. <laughs> I made Carl uncomfortable last night with me being creepy. <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, and by the way, this is not a fidget spinner. This is you know, just a, a little... Memory card reader mount that I have turned into. I've always done that. I've always fidgeted with it. But I'll put it down so it'll quit bothering me. All right. Back to the story at hand. So I was talking to Klotz, and I was like, yeah, I never really wanted to. He goes, bullshit. You know, why in your brain you might have thought that, do you really think you'd be happy taking second chair to anybody? I went, no, yeah, no, I would not be happy. I like running shit. I like being the leader. I like being out front going, this is where we need to go. But I also love having partners who are equal rights to me. I'll say, wait, no, we all have to be on board with that. That's not cool. Let's refine it. And each of them have done that in a different way uh, more than once. When I go, oh, I got this idea. Run. And like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and that clarifier is just as creepy. Thank you, Carl. Uh, and they, so I've learned to trust them. They've learned to let me run a little bit ahead and 
get the ideas. And it is right. I, I'm born to lead. I am born to run. It is what I do. And no, I, I, I will tell you this truth. I have looked for a leader all of my life. I have looked for somebody I could just follow. And sometimes, sometimes I will find somebody that for a period of time, I can sit underneath them, much like a master and a student. I can sit at the feet of the master, theoretically, um, spiritually, universally speaking, whatever you want to call it, and let them lead me. But eventually, I learn everything to then, I can be the protege. I was just watching Sherlock Holmes today. Um, not Sherlock Holmes, uh, Elementary. I was watching Elementary today, which is also a Sherlock Holmes story. What he's talking about is his protege, and, and the matter is just a, her leaving was a matter of time. She was always destined to leave, and that's what I can be. I can be a protege. I can be a, a, a student of somebody and learn from them, but eventually I go and do things as a master myself, depending on what we're talking about. So I, I've looked for that leader all my life because for some reason maybe it's Maybe I picked up a message that I'm not leadership material. Maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know what I got, but I've looked for a leader. Whatever, you got the idea. You got the idea. I'm going to move on. So I do love running things. I do love doing things. So, yeah, it, it, as early as 16, 17, I mean, I'm sure there are stories before that. But at Walmart, I'm just stepping up, and I am scheduling people and telling them what to do and making the orders and keeping the thing under budget and running this department Hands down, making a profit, doing well, getting commendations for it. Or, you know, commendation being like a little, here's a paper certificate we printed out. Good job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and when Doug came back, it broke my heart because instantly they just put him back as manager. He was the hired manager. He's the one on paper. I think it's probably because I was 16 and he was, I don't know, 20-something. I would say college age. That doesn't mean he was college, but college age, so 20 to 25 in there. And he was telling me about Dragon Con one day. I was like, all right, you know, Mitch was mentioning that. What, what's Dragon Con? I'll get it. And this is in the early 90s. Dragon Con started in 1987 in the basement of the Hilton as a tabletop gaming conference, right? Dungeons and Dragons, those kind of things. And it has since expanded to do a hell of a lot more. It's really a fandom conference at this point, which I guess you could argue is a fandom conference then. is fandom of board games and tabletop games and things geeky like that that – that wasn't, especially in 87, wasn't highly regarded as, as worthwhile. Um, but now it's definitely about superheroes and sci-fi and all fandom things that are geeky. Basically, all geeky things that are fandom. I don't know how you want to say it. Celebrities are there. There's so many tracks. There's a science track and a skeptics track and a puppet track and a Trek track for Star Trek. There's a Brit track for British television and, and geekiness. We have, of course, the podcasting track. There's so much stuff. But by... The time I heard about it is at most 10 years old. And actually, 95, I graduated high school and I was just, I was going to turn 17 that year. So that must have been, that must have, I must have graduated high school actually. Got my job at Walmart for a while. I got fired, which is a whole other story. It's the only job I've ever actually legit been fired from. Uh, I've quit or left on good terms with pretty much everywhere else. And uh, went on to do other things before I went to college. So, yeah, 90 early. Yeah, so it's Christmas 94. It was Christmas 94. When I started, I was doing some school to finish up high school uh, to graduate in April of 95. I graduated slightly early in 95. 
and so on and so forth. So he's telling me, so you're talking about not even 10 years old, six, seven years old at this time. And he's like, yeah, Dragon Con. I was like, all right, man, what is, what is this Dragon Con? He goes, it's a bunch of geeks who get together. And the way he made it described it, it was like two hotels then or something like that. And you just go from room to room and you drink and, you, you know, there's people if you want to hook up and have sex and, you know, there's all this. And you just go in and, and there's some board games. And what, I was like, God, this sounds so dirty. Like, gross, like, nasty, like, no fun. When do you sleep? You don't sleep, man. I don't even get a hotel room. I just show up, and I walk the halls, and I jump in a party. I mean, he didn't say it like this. I'm inferring from memory how I felt about what he was saying. And it just sounded so out of my element. It sounded so, I mean, you got to imagine, too, at 16 years old, I had been raised in the church my entire life. At that point, I had not broken off from the church. I was still, I had my issues, I had my anger, I had my rage, I had my damage. But I still felt like the church is where I belong. And I say it in a Muppet voice because that's how I personally feel if I ever think that church is where I belong. I don't belong in the church. Church can't handle me now. Jesus ain't got time for me. <laughs> not in your church, you know. I mean, God, you're... Never mind. I'm just going to get off of that. There's, I, there's a good church slash religion show again coming. I did Faith versus Religion. That was a serious one. There's going to be one about me just kind of going off the rails and bashing some some bullshit that's in churches. But that's not today. That's a different day. So that's my first exposure to Dragon Con was weirdos telling me about drinking and and sex and all this stuff. I was like, oh, what? I don't know. I mean, 16 years old and you know. Preacher's kid, no, I don't know. Just weirdness, just weirdness. So fast forward to uh, 2011 is when Mornet and I really started doing Success Freaks. We called it um, The Other Side of Live at the time. I think, yeah, so, it, yeah, so I think it was that 2011 summer we tried uh, la- last minute, as Mornet does everything, he hears somebody going to give a speech. Dave Jackson, I think it was, was going to go give a speech. And even at that moment, Blog World was looking for us, what they were calling it. And Blog World was still looking for uh, uh, speakers. And there was a week away, and he's like, we should submit. I'm like, but, dude, it's a week away. How the hell would we pay for tickets to New York City? How are we going to get a hotel room? There's no way in hell a week away they're still looking for speakers. It's not going to happen. No, his favorite phrase, throw the backpack over the wall because you have to go get it. I'm going to throw your ass over the wall. But I did it. And honestly, had he not pushed, and he was wrong because it was stupid. There was no way in hell to do it at that point. But had he not pushed, we wouldn't have tried. If we hadn't have tried, we wouldn't have gotten the open door to go to the winter one in Vegas that January. So I'm guessing it's 2012 that we did that. Because we had just changed our name to Success Freak. So it was after that first year of podcasting, uh, 2011, that we changed our name. And we were officially changing it over on the cast. And January, the first week of January, was New Media Expo that year is when they, they added the name. At Blog World, they announced the name as Blog World and New Media Expo is what they called it. So, uh, yeah, we went to that. So then, so I guess 2000, probably 2013, we'd already been, I imagine twice, we had solidified our relationship with New Media Expo so that I could say, hey, we do some awesome stuff. There's this thing called Dragon Con going on over here that I think you could partner with or learn from a lot of the same people who go to New Media Expo on an entertainment level, go here. And there's something missing from New Media Expo. So if you'll pay for my ticket, 
I will go and I'll do interviews and I'll look at what they're doing different and I'll give you a report and send you all the audio of the interviews I do. You can use it from promotional materials, whatever you want to do. And they said yes. And they bought my ticket for me. So I'm pretty sure that's probably 2013. I think this is my fifth year. This is 2017 as a recording, as of the recording. So 13, 14, 15, 16, 16, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. If I think this is my fifth year, so that would be uh, right. So I, I go expecting to not know what the hell is going on. My only knowledge of it was that, you know, drunken orgies, which sounds so gross with with especially with the fat neck beard and the skinny hippie just sounds like something I never want to do. But. People or other people have been encouraging me to go. And uh, Alex Autry, I want to bring this back uh, to to back up a little bit. So I, I did my first network I ever did was Bear Crawling Nation, the Bear Crawling Nation. My first good podcast was called Bear Crawling, which became Bear Crawling Nation, which became House of the Bear. The branding just changed and the, the format kind of changed, but that was what I did. And I had a couple before that. I've been podcasting since 2004. So I've been I'm one of the OPs, man, original podcasters, and I've, I've been out there for a long time. But bear crawling was my first real good run and got me my feet underneath me, and I really made some contacts and and that kind of thing. Started making a name for myself in in the podcasting world. Uh, but Alex Autry was going to do Seventh Row Center, and he lived in Atlanta like I did, where everybody else kind of lived out away from me. Uh, he lived in Atlanta, and we had some of the same interests. And when we when he got signed to that network, and we were talking about producing a show, and I was running him through that, he said, oh, man, the dream is to do a panel at DragonCon. I was like, again, I hadn't been there. So I'm like, what do you mean do a panel at DragonCon? I was like, yeah, they got their own podcast track now. Um, so this had to be probably around 2005, because as of 2015, I think it's been 10 years of podcast track was 2015. Pretty sure it wasn't last year. Pretty sure. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So it was around the time they were launching. They said, yeah, they're getting their own podcast track, and that's the dream. Now I'm picturing like San Diego Comic-Con level shit, right, of 3,000 to, to 10,000 people in an auditorium, and you're on the panel. You know, that's what I'm imagining in my mind. Reality is slightly different, but not, not in podcasting terms, not way off. And so he's like, that's the dream, man. We'll, we'll be on a panel together. We'll I was like, all right, I'll take that because that's how I've made my success. It's Wayne Dyer, so I'll always credit him with the quote. But in his book, uh, No Excuses, I think it is, he does a, a. The only thing I remember is he did the seventeen reasons list, you know, excuses list, and we, it went down what they were and how to get out of them. But one of the things he says, we say yes, and we we. God, what's the, the, I've, I've bastardized this quote a little bit, so I'm going to just keep it that way. Is how I remember it because I know it's not the exact quote, but it's more important to me to say it my way. But it's still credited to him because he he's the one who, who opened my mind to this concept. But we say yes and expect that the right people will be in the right place at the right time. And until it's the right time with the right people in the right place, we just keep saying yes and hold on to that vision of the future, and we keep moving forward. And so I have made a great success in my life of something that feels good. It's somebody else's vision, but it feels good. Incorporate into my vision. I say yes to what's making me feel good. And that made me feel good when Alex said, we're going to do a panel, man. That's the dream. That's where we want to get. And I said, yes, when the right people, the right place, the right time show up, we will do a panel. 
And actually, to his credit, outside of Dragon Con, it was a, a little tiny uh, music con called Ale Con. It was three-quarter ale, I think. It's a um, or like a Renaissance period band, if you will. It's musicians. And they have their own fans, of course, and they're big enough that they did their own little two-day con. And one of the panels was about podcasting, and Alex, being close to them, was tapped to head up the podcasting panel and tapped me and, and this other guy. And we went, and it was great. It was first panel I ever got to be on as a professional podcaster, and I love Alex for that. It was amazing. And I was like, awesome. Next step is Dragon Con. I think we had maybe five people in the audience at that one, maybe 15. But it was still an awesome experience just to be – the celebrity for a moment and to get there and to be on the panel and share knowledge to people who wanted to hear the knowledge. So we keep moving on. Things happen. This happens. That happens. The Bear Calling Nation gets absorbed into um, Adam Curry's network, uh, Adam Curry Global, No Agenda Global Radio. And so I worked with Adam Curry for two or three years after that. And, and we did some things with No Agenda Global Radio and and all the shows either went away or because they didn't want to be on the network or were on their own. Now we're a part of this. Basically, we got bought out. We didn't get bought out. There's no money. But I got a position in the company, and my position was to basically build the network there. So I just took the network. I had. It was coming to a stress point. It was coming to a point where something had to give. And honestly, I had built it all on the wrong premise. Much like Pokemon Go, I built it on a bunch of bullshit bugs, decided not to fix those bugs. And then once it got big enough, it was this unwieldy piece of shit sometimes. That can be fun and entertaining and worthwhile, but also frustrating and annoying and dragging your soul to the pits of hell. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where I was. So we, I, I, it felt good to me to say, okay, all these people, you're in this bigger network. We're playing in like college league now instead of, Little League Baseball, we're now playing in, like, the College League Baseball. And this is your chance to grow or fail on your own. I've done everything I can. And that's how that all ended there. And even then, I wasn't making it to Dragon Con. So it wasn't until Success Freaks and our morning my – but I credit Alex for the vision because Dragon Con was not on my list. I mean, sweaty, nasty, smelly – overweight and no uh, this is just my imagination now i'm overweight so i'm not mocking anybody who's fat but that was just what i had pictured was overweight geeks with neck beards the meme from south park with the guy sitting there on his computer that's how i pictured dragon con that's just how i did i was wrong i was at fault but that's exactly how i pictured it so uh, it just was never, but when he gave me that, like, oh, no, we'll be on a panel, and we'll do this great thing, and it'll be a, a marker, a milestone in our career of success. Yes. I will say yes to that. Jump ahead to, what did I say, 2013, when New Media Expo agreed to send me. So that's my first, my first adventure into Dragon Con. And, you know, I go in expecting this weirdness and was surprised by one how large it was at, by that time you know i hadn't followed it at all by that time is that is and still is and five different major hotels in two blocks up two was that four square city blocks i think roughly it's like two blocks up and two blocks wide something like that i mean that's four square city blocks and got to the podcast room and man there's these people i recognize there's brian Ibbett. And I had just run into him at New Media Expo that year, earlier that year, and introduced myself for the first time. And it got to shake his hand. 
and meet the nicest guy in podcasting. There's Brian Brushwood, who my friend Hugh, who will be here this year for DragonCon, had was obsessed with, like, oh, scam school, and this guy's so cool. So when Schwood started to come past me, I was like, hey, you're Brian Brushwood. He's like, yeah. I was like, hey, my buddy just loves you. I, I, I kind of played like, I don't know who the hell you are, and he laughed at me. He thought I was joking. The reality was I didn't really know who Delly was at the time. But, I, you know, I know how to play jokes, and, and he's like, would you mind getting a picture so I can send it to him? He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And we took a selfie, and that's the first thing I sent to Hugh. And he's like, oh, my God, you meet everybody I like. I like, that's what I do. I just meet people. And I remember the first things first, I mean, in Step of the Door. So here's where we're getting to the meat of what I want to talk about. It's not just my fun story about DragonCon. It's about how I got to where I am today and how that applies to my entire life, how it applies to you and your relationships, you and your work, you and the career that you want to have and the passions that you want to chase. And what I did was in that first, first it was the kickoff panel. It was the first panel of the day, first panel I've ever been to. And there's these podcasting celebrities on the stage and um i can't remember if it's that panel it might have been that exact panel actually i think it was that panel because mark gunn i believe was on the kickoff panel that year mark gunn is of the irish and celtic music podcast and i'll tell you a little behind the story there later if i get to it but he was on the the thing and so as i know to do i always lead with i'm charles mcfall from now i'd be i'm the right guy to podcasting Charles McFall, and I've got a question for you. Because it, you know, bam, branding. It hits, it points, it gets your interest, or it goes, whoa. You know, either way. If it gets your interest, great. If it pushes you away, great, because I don't need you. Um, if you're going to be resistant to me. Resistance is futile. Ask Carl. <laughs> Ask Carl. <laughs> um, but that's when the, at the first, it started back in January of that year, but that was the first year this massive lawsuit came out from this troll who who trolled Pat? I mean, he's literally the definition of a troll. He looks through patents. He patents some bullshit uh, across the board and waits for people to get successful if they touch his patent in any way, shape, or form, and waits for them to get money, and then he sues them for patent infringement. And he had patented something to do with podcasting. I, I cannot remember exactly the phrasing or whatever. It wasn't mp3 itself it, and it wasn't ipod I, you know apple had tried that battle earlier than that about oh you can't say podcasting because our name is ipod and the, the courts went you're stupid shut up uh and that, i mean that was some of the things that lawyers at apple did wrong and lost sight of their community is you've got a community borrowing from your name because that was the number one major and possibly only mp3 portable player or it definitely was the only one when it launched and so when we did podcasting Adding audio to the RSS feed was the, the thing. Thank you, BC. BC. B-E-E-C-E-E. -E -E. BC. <laughs> like there's Khaleesi, you're BC. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, uh, that, I digress. Apple tried to take out podcasting, didn't work. This asshole uh, had a patent on adding audio to an RSS feed and waited a decade for people to get successful. Uh, Adam Carolla was the target, the first one of the first targets, I think, and was being sued for patent infringement. So the question I asked, and this is what I do, because I find that people are afraid to ask questions, but a lot of times they want to know what I want to know. And if I hear you talking, I, and it, I have a question that you're not answering, I will ask it. And I don't know if I was one of the first askers or not, but I'm standing in the back of the room. I leave with, hey, I'm Charles McFall from Success Freaks, and I get a question, and Mark Gunn goes, I, I think I asked my question, people talked about it, he goes, hey, you said you're successful, correct? Do you know 
uh, our morning mod. I'm like, yeah, that's my partner. That's my show. He goes, dude, I named your show. And instant cred. I mean, it was just fate, right? It was just universal. Yes, we say yes and expect the right people will be there at the right time in the right place. That's all that was. And, I mean, instantly, Celebrity on the Panel recognizes me, recognizes my show, instantly get cred, right, credibility to what I'm saying. Plus, the question was, hey, with this um, lawsuit, uh, are you worried about the celebrities having brought trolls to our pond, basically? And I remember Ibbitt saying all, all the flood rises all, raises all boats or the tide, you know, whatever that saying is. You know, everybody gets lifted. So when celebrities come along, like Adam Carolla and uh, um, This Week in Tech, Jackass, can't think of his name now. Uh, when they come along, Mark Marins of the world, you know, they, they help bring up all podcasters. And it was a good question, and people really liked it, and they got a good discussion out of it. And many panels after that that I attended, I would have a question, and I would step up, and I would say who I was, the show I was from, and ask the question. And that's all I did that year. Now, I met people. I shook hands. I did interviews with people like Lynn Peralta that I recognize, and, of course, Brian Ibbett, Brian Brushwood, and Justin Robert Young. Um, all your names I recognize. Uh, Scott Sigler, which I actually had no, I've known Scott Sigler since his second book, I think. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet him when he was up-and-coming nobody. And I mean, because I think now if you meet Scott, it's a hell of a lot harder to get into his inner circle because of he's this massive, massively awesome artist and author and content creator. It just does this amazing job in the podcasting field with all of that. And but I got to meet him. I think it was his second book out. Uh, we were trying to get him on the show and it didn't work out, but he felt bad about it. So uh, he let me sponsor for free some section of his show, gave me a shout-out for my whatever. We've stayed in touch. And then, in fact, that that New Media Expo that I went to where I met Brian Ibbett, uh, I got to meet A for the first time face-to-face, and we really connected. And Actually, she and I are much closer than Scott. Scott and I shake hands. We talk. We, we maybe get a beer every once in a while. But A is really you know, who I sit and talk with for a good 30, 45 minutes uh, when I can. Anyway. A is his business partner and uh, handles a lot of his schedule. So, uh, anyway, I did interviews with all these people for New Media Expo and asked them what they thought the difference was. And all of them, or most all of them, had been to both conferences, right? And, you know, they were giving me good feedback on the differences between DragonCon and New Media Expo, so on and so forth. So, I'm giving to the community. I'm just inserting myself in a productive, connected way. And that's the number one Point number one, congregation, if you're following in the notes, point number one is you fucking give to make it better. That's what you do. You give to make it better. So when I ask a question, it's to benefit the whole community. It's to benefit the people in the room. It is absolutely to benefit myself because I want to know the answer. And in asking the question to get the answer I want, I'm adding to the community. Now, the self-serving part of that, of course, is putting my name out there. And whatever show I'm tied to at the time. You know, now it's a little more difficult because I run Giant Size Team Up Network, right? I'm the official CEO of that. I also am on Breaking the Panel, which I love to promote. I'm also on Pokemon Go Podcast, which I love to promote. I am on uh, EMS Underground, which I'm paid to be there. So the promotion is my hands are a little bit tighter, tighter on that, you know, tied because I have bosses to answer to for there. But then, of course, there's Rock Got a Podcasting, which is my heart. It's my passion. It is a passion project. 
you know, unless you go to patreon.com forward slash rock out of podcasting and help out. Uh, right now, it's still a passion project, so it does slip a little bit. It falls a little bit behind some of the other things that I work on. And, and when life gets busy or tired, I think I still haven't put up the podcast from the last recording. It is always here on Facebook. It is always here on Facebook. And the, the video section is supposed to be getting better and better to be more central to Facebook and finding the videos. Uh, but it, I'm still a podcaster at heart. I love being seen. I love having my face out there. So I love the video. I love, God, I love the tool of Facebook at this point in time. Man, I, Carl, I need to do that. Maybe maybe I should actually have you on. I don't, man, I don't do that with this show, though. So it's going to be weird. Maybe it'll be a Rock God one-off where we just have a, a conversation over a beer. Or you don't drink beer, so you'll have coffee or whatever. But we'll have a conversation about the the SEO tools. Not SEO. I don't want SEO. The social media tools and the growth of the podcast as an industry. Because Facebook, when it first came out, I was podcasting. It was shit. I was on it. It was shit. And we were on MySpace instead. Then what we know as Facebook today launched, what, 2006, 2007? Hugh was my co-host on Bear Crawling Nation then. Uh, Bear Crawling was started 2000, late 2006. Officially started 2007, I guess. Uh, I think is when I do the official date on that. Um, so, yeah, about 2008, 2009 is what we know of Facebook today. And it is increasingly giving us more tools and more. It takes some away, but it's giving us more tools and stuff. And this video, the way this video reaches, the way this gets out there, uh, it's, it's <laughs> Carl, uh, uh, Carl was his show to be a pay-per-view episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I love how Facebook reaches and, and gets the word out to people so you can connect in and chat with me like they're doing now live. But I still love the podcast. I know for me, the podcast is a hell of a lot easier. The chance of me watching your Facebook Live, slim to none, because I'm super busy. I never just sit down in front of my computer to watch a video of that nature. But I will download the show and listen to it in my car to all my gigs and, and back and forth between everything that I do on the hustle. Every time I do that now, hustle. I just can't. It's in my brain now. I have to. Uh, anyway. But I give because I love to give. And that's the other part of what we're talking about. That's the other part of what Carl and I were talking about yesterday. When you love it, when it is your passion, it is never a grind. And, Carl, that's the part you missed when you were on the phone earlier while I was setting up the show. I hate the word grind. It's just that negative thing. But hustle is a positive. It's like I'm out there and I'm moving and I'm doing and I'm active. Where grind is like, it's just negative. But we, we tapped on that yesterday about when you love it, it's right. It's No matter how hard or difficult something is, it seems easy. It seems like what you want to do. And every time I ask him about something, he and I are partners on a, a different aspect of, of podcasting and, and jumping into the world. And I don't know if – I actually, no, I do know. I know we're not ready to talk about what he and I are doing because it's, it's still a baby. It's still an infant. We're still working on it. But he and I are actually now partners in this other different aspect of business of podcast. Uh, and one of my other partners, Paul, I've been talking about you, man. Your ears must have been burning. I've been talking good things about how you're an amazing partner at Giant Size Team Up, and I love working with you. Um, <laughs> I just had to throw the ass-kissing part there. But no, seriously, if you go back and watch this, you'll, you'll hear me talk positively about you. Uh, but, yeah, so Dragon Con. So that first year was just about you put in to make it better. And you want to be great at the job you do. You want to move forward in life. That is what you do. Paul is a great example of that. Uh, I, I actually started to say that before I looked up. It says, yeah, shower me with more praise. <laughs> but Paul Paul came to Brian and I. Brian and I 
have been doing podcasting almost exactly the same amount of time. Now, Brian's key to success for him was to be focused, know who you are, do what you love, and stick with it. Pretty damn simple. My key to success is try everything you fucking hate first, do it the way everybody else seems to want you to do it, and then get pissed off and say, fuck the world, and do it your own way, and all of a sudden, hey, guess what? Once you do it your own way, you start to get some form of notoriety and uh, connection to the, the what you want to do or who you want to be in front of. Uh, but anyway, he and I had been doing it for a long time. We had a show called From the Helicarrier. Paul was listening to it, came to us uh, via YouTube, to the podcast, and saw we had something, and he just wanted to be a part. This is what I love. This is the magic of, of a great thing going on for me as a creator. When you as a creator find something you want to be a part of, whether you truly can be a part of it or not, when you find something you want to be a part of, then that's, that says it's a good thing. It's a very interesting thing. It keeps me interested. I just started listening to a show called Bed Love Beyond. B-E-D, Bed, Love, Beyond. And, uh, but, well, mainly because they've invited me to guest on their show. Uh, next week I'll be on recording the episode, and then it'll come out after that. Uh, so I was like, hey, I'm going to check. that." definitely asked me to check it out. We, I pitched them, actually. They were looking for a person to do a certain topic. I pitched them on how I'd be great for the topic. They loved it. Uh, it's a great behind-the-scenes how you promote your own podcasting and how you get interviews as you look for people, again, who have a need, and you go, hey, to help you, I can actually fill this need, and here's how I can fill it. And you are serving yourself, right? You're getting that attention, but you're helping them with something. So I started listening to them, and, man, in the first 10 minutes of conversation, I was like, I would love to be on the show, like, all the time. I'm talking back to the radio. I'm like, I'm doing, like, the church thing. When uh, um, the, uh, I haven't listened enough to get her name. I think her name is Jen. But when the, the female of the two said something, I was like, yes, that's it. Yes, I'm glad you said that. Because another thing I have a problem with podcasters is that you whine too much. You're afraid to make an opinion, and you want to please everybody. And God damn, you'll never get anywhere that way. You never get anywhere with just wanting to be a celebrity on a microphone and have everybody else do it for you. It just doesn't work. You'll never get anywhere by whining about, I have 100 people listening to me. Why can't I get more? Maybe you don't deserve more. Maybe you just don't. You'll never get anywhere by uh, um, being afraid to make an opinion. And so just them having, it just, it, it was good. I just, I liked it. And we were doing that from the helicarrier, right? And Paul's like, how can I help? How can I plug in and help? And the short version of what happened was he started doing some things, uh, doing some offline stuff for us, writing some notes or uh, doing some admin, admin stuff. And one day Brian kept me on the show and goes, why don't we try him out? And I was resistant because of some past stuff that I had where people, again, what I talked about earlier, some people try to plug in just to get next to you, just to grab your to coattails and be like, hey, I'm with some kind of celebrity. I mean, a P-list celebrity, right? Podcast list celebrity is still a celebrity. You know, some people just want to, some people, I don't know why I said it that way. Some people just want to be a part of a rising star and be a part of your energy. And so I was wary, but we tried him out. And he did good. He did great. And now he's a partner in the, the, the whole company. And it's awesome. But that's what he did. He plugged in to help better something he loved. And the more he could do and the better it got, it, it was good. And I love working with him. But that's number one. If you want to get ahead in what you do, you've got to give with no expectation of get. Yes, do your job and you get paid. But that's the basic social contract. Your contract when you go in, and I know you don't write a 
Sometimes you don't write a physical contract. So the basic social contract is when you're agreed to be hired by an employer, they agree to pay you an X amount of money. You agree to come in and do the basics of the job. That's life. It's the basics. That's why minimum wage, minimum wage jobs, this whole conversation about raising minimum wage is stupid because minimum wage is still the bottom of the barrel. No matter how high you make it, it's still the bottom of the barrel, and you're going to get the bottom of the barrel effort, not people. Because some of the people who work for minimum wage are great people who try hard and are never given the opportunity. But you're going to get eventually, even from great people, I did it, even from great people when I consider myself a great person, when you're minimum wage, ultimately you're going to get minimum effort. But as an individual human being, now as an employer, you should be listening to this and going, holy shit, I want better workers. I want people, so I'm going to invest in them. I'm going to give to them as a thank you for doing great jobs. Never as a, I gave you a bonus. Why aren't you doing more work? Because you're still a fucktard who thinks money equals love. And mm -mm. Money does not equal love. Money does not equal loyalty. Money doesn't equal anything but paying my goddamn light bill. And if you stop paying my light bill or stop helping me put food on the table, guess what? I go to find somebody else who will. That's all money is. Need. You feel the need, but you want to get the desire. You got to water the person. You got to invest in the people. Uh, <laughs> that's when Kurt, uh, Nicole says, that's when you tell them, since you're on my coattail, won't you scratch my back? <laughs> That's from a song that she loves. It's, it's really that's a good line. Um, so we'll move. On. I'll move on with the Dragon story. But that you get the point. Give, and the best job. One of the best jobs. The last job actually I ever had was one of the best jobs I ever had, where I gave to the company and they recognized. And I real I found a ceiling. Right, I found that no matter how much past the ceiling I gave, I was never going to get more feel good about myself. More plugged in about myself never but you know there was room here's minimum effort here's the ceiling so i definitely had room to fill that gap and hit the ceiling then i goofed off right the ceiling was the minimum was 18 reports a day and that's what they'd figured out how many you could do per hour based on how many hours you worked that's what they expected if you did that they were great uh <laughs> paul <laughs> hookers and blow man <laughs> um but that ceiling was I could do 25 to 30 reports in a day easy. If I did more than that, it didn't get me any further. So I would stop. I hit the ceiling, I'd stop. But I gave to just say, this is what I do. This is who I am. I help people. So I'm going to learn all the aspects of my department. I'm going to learn all the aspects of the IT stuff in my department. And then I'm going to learn the department next to me because they've got nobody to help them at night. I help people. So I gave to give. That's number one. So the second year of DragonCon. Second year of DragonCon, I've learned the process. I've made uh, a few acquaintances. I still didn't know Brian Dunaway that well. I didn't know uh, Nicole Spagnola, who were the co-directors at the time, all that well. And I just asked questions. Didn't think I made much of a mark. Just went in, gave what little I could. I know I'm a big guy. I'm loud and passionate. But I wasn't in your face about anything. So I'm thinking I didn't really make a mark in DragonCon, and I moved on. The next year comes around, and I uh, put up a panel. And I'd already bought a ticket for half price. I did that uh, as soon as the year came open. I knew I was going to go back because I loved what they were doing there. And I'd already bought a ticket. But I put in a panel. Panels do not get you tickets because I asked. And I, uh, I said, um, 
It was podcasting past, present, and future. Because I realized there was this gap between people who are podcasting today, who joined in the last few years, since 2008, who don't realize what we went through to make this thing live. They don't realize what we used to have to go through. And you need to know some of your history. I Honestly, it's a pet peeve of mine. When I talk to a podcaster, and I see you, Jason. Hey, Jason, thanks for you for joining. Uh, but it, so no picking on you if you don't know. Paul might not know either. I, I hope he does because I've talked about it enough. That if I say Adam Curry to a podcaster and you go, who? I mean, you can have your thoughts on it. Some people hate him. But if you just go, who? I, I get so pissed off. You're podcasting. How do you not know who made podcasting possible? Blueberry, Lipson, those are two big companies. I, I literally mentioned to somebody the other day about Blueberry, and they're like, who? I'm like, okay. I had to tell them. I said, okay. I stopped, and, I'm, and we're talking face-to-face. Like, I have to think about this. Are you joking or are you <laughs> – shut up, Paul. Are you joking or are you serious? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm not really sure who that is. Okay, okay. So you, you work on – this stuff, you're a podcaster. You need to know who Blueberry and Lipson are. They're the two biggest hosts in the podcasting space uh, that that host podcasts, you know, domains, those kind of things. But they're two companies built by podcasters for podcasters from the early days of podcasting. When it's the Wild West and we had to figure out our own way. These companies were formed and built, and they treat us fairly, not just fairly. They've built a system designed to not penalize you for downloads because they want you to have the biggest audience possible. They charge you for what you upload, the storage space, which is opposite of what GoDaddy and Bluehost and all these other people do. And so to not know who those companies are, it irritates me as well. Know your history. Know your know the world you're working in. You're working in the world of podcasting. There's certain things you should know. I think Rock Out of Podcasting is one of those things you should know, but that's just me. Uh, Brian Ibbett, you should know who Brian, who the fuck Brian Ibbett is. You should know who Scott Johnson is. You should know who, um, God, the old nasty fart of podcast one. Uh, I just lost his name, but you should know who he is because uh, he's he's a dick who will try to steal your soul. But you should know certain things. Anyway, second year, I pitch, so I pitched podcasting past, present, and future. It gets picked up. They love the idea of the panel, and I want that year. I discovered that you could apply to be a pro, an attending pro. I'm like. Why the fuck not, right? In the world of podcasting, I should be considered a pro. I've been doing it since 2004. I mean, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, I said it right, 2004. I've been in this business for, what is it, 13 years now? Uh, not at the time. At the time, it was about nine years, eight or nine years, somewhere in there, And uh, uh, when I was applying for pro. So I put in this thing about working with Adam Curry and helping build that network and working with Dave Jackson and being a specialist on this show as a live guy. and Everything I've done. In podcasting to to try to sell that I'm a pro, and I got pro status. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And, and, and just you know, made my world. Well, it turns out, little backstory here, because I talked to Brian Dunaway actually this year about it, uh, about the pro and how I got it and how it works, and and you know, getting more insight on it. And he goes, "Yeah, you when you came in to that first year that you were there." And you were asking the questions, man. I just knew there's something about you. You were just so plugged in and passionate about podcasts. Like, we need this guy. And so when my name came across his virtual desk to say, hey, should they get pro status? He said, yes. That's how it happened. It wasn't because of the things I did. It wasn't because of the sell that I put on. It was because I gave to give. And I didn't know that. Didn't know that till this year, but that's how that worked. So the second year when I was a pro, had one panel. 
I think I ended up helping on one or two other panels I, I, uh, there that year, but one official panel is what I was on, and just had a great time with it. But again, here's what I remember from that year is I'm sitting there still not thinking I'm anybody special, right? Not in this world, in this Dragon Con community, they still don't know me yet. And I happened to be sitting on the front row, uh, close to Brian Dunaway, and there's this, it was a network panel. We were about to launch, we were talking about, uh, Klotz and Ebbett and I had already talked about setting up, we were calling it from the Helicarrier Network then, but, uh, and I was going to make an announcement there at that Dragon Con, but I said, hey, they're having a panel about networks, and they have these three or four people who are on or run networks, and that's a great place to go and, and learn from the people who supposedly know what they're doing about how maybe we should structure some things. So I'm sitting in that panel, and it's just, it's going okay. I would say it's it's a, out, of, out of 10, you know, 10 stars, it's a five star. It's, it's okay. It's not bad, but it's going okay. And all of a sudden, Brian Dunaway hands me this note. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, all right. And I open it up, and it says, get up and ask a question. I, it might have even said, get up and ask one of your questions. I should have saved it, right? It's, it's one of the great things in my journey of podcasting and, and now with DragonCon as well. So I should have saved it. I, I, I'm horrible about thinking about those things. That's something I want in a personal assistant whenever I do get one. is, And I will have a personal assistant at some point to you know, keep my schedule straight and those things. But I want somebody who thinks about like my wife thinks about it. Save everything. The littlest things can be cool. You know, that note, he handed it to you. Bring it home. Have him sign it. Date it. Because you never know. It was just a fun moment. It, for me, it was a great moment. Like, holy shit, I guess I made an impression when I got up and asked all those questions. So I got up, and I started asking questions. And I started accidentally blowing holes in their reality. Because their reality was networks are a bunch of people who hang out and talk about stuff. What's, what's the theme of your network? Well, you know, we have this wrestling show. We have this Doctor Who show. We have a, I don't think Game of Thrones was on, or maybe it was, but we have this Game of Thrones show. We have, like, but what's, wh what is the heart of your network? Well, you know, it's just me. I'm the heart, but I like all these people. And so, okay, next question. How do you monetize? What makes you a professional network? Well, and across the board at the time, except for a voice of gamers, uh, uh, voice of geeks, rather, sorry, voice of geeks. Bobby Blackwolf was one of the guys on the thing. And he had, I mean, he had the answer. When I said, what's your theme? Our theme is, is positive gaming. And we, we started off as a gaming network. And we had, the, and I don't remember if you told the story there or later, but they had some split issues, like when they split off from something. So they changed it to voice of ge uh, geeks. And they cover geeks, but in a positive way. And, and changing, you know, giving geeks a voice, but instead of that ranting horribleness that we know is on the internet. And he, he could tell me his theme. It was great. Well, when I went to monetization, he goes, we can monetize. We're waiting. And he didn't want to show all of his business cards, right? All of his cards in his hand, like what he's holding close to the chest. He goes, we have a plan, and we're waiting for certain things to fall into place before we decide to monetize so we do it right in the way that we want it to happen. But So we've chosen not to currently, but we can. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's fair enough. The other networks were like, I don't know. We haven't really thought about it. And I didn't say it, but I almost went, then why the fuck are you a network? You don't have a theme. You don't have any growth plan. You don't have any money. So you're a bunch of people who like to hang out with each other. 
oh, okay, but that to me is not a network. So I asked those, I remember that from that year. I did my one panel, smash it. Uh, again, Tom Merritt was there, and I wanted him on the panel. And for whatever reason, he couldn't be on the panel or wasn't going to be on the panel. I, I don't know why he turned it down. Uh, or if he turned it down. Why? I don't know why he wasn't on the panel. But the people I had on the panel were really good. I had uh, Craig uh, Stepp and um, uh, not Clinton. Clinton's with Comedy Forecast, but Craig has a partner in Technorama that I'm blanking on. I fucking hate when I do that and I start to try to name people who are cool people. Not name drop, but they're cool people uh, who are on the panel. Uh, and I forget their names, but uh, Valentine, uh, Mrs. Valentine was on. J.J. Valentine's the husband. I cannot remember her first name, but Mrs. Valentine was on. Uh, uh, James from Nobody's Listening cast, all cast, it was on, and maybe L.A. Collins? I can't remember exactly. I was the moderator. And so we got to tell our stories about how we got started, and it was really good. I mean, I learned stuff like James, he, he had clinical depression, and podcasting helped him through. Medication and doctors helped him through. But the podcasting, he said, is what kept him getting up in the morning, what gave him something to do, to be a part of that community, to talk and connect with people. That was a powerful story. You know, being able to hear that, being reminded of the stuff we went through with the different players and coding of, of CSS, uh, not CSS. That came in, CSS actually came in after podcasting. Uh, but RSS, I hand, I hand-coded RSS feeds for the longest time. There was no program for it. I just did it. Uh, anyway, all that stuff happened. Then we talked about what's going on presently, and we're talking about the future. Well, Tom Merritt and Veronica Belmont are sitting on the front row. And I'm, like, nervous because, to me, they're these celebrities at that moment, right? They, they, Tom was still on uh, Twit Network. Leo Laporte was the name I was trying to think of. He was still working for Leo Laporte, as was Veronica. They had a bigger profile because they had Leo Laporte behind them, so they had a, a much bigger footprint in the podcasting world as far as the media they created. And I just wanted to talk to him from that aspect, right, on the panel. And it, I, I couldn't, but he was there. And I even said... You know, I said, not to call y'all Tom, but uh, I imagine you could have something to add to all this coming from where you came from. And he blew me away. He goes, no, dude, I'm, I'm blown away. What you're, what you're doing here, I didn't know any of this stuff. And it's amazing what you guys have done to set the way for people like me to come along. And I was like, God, validation is such a goddamn great thing. <laughs> right inside my little my little kid brain, my little need for attention, my need for validation. Just had that one little tear come down. You know, uh, it was like, thank you so much. But it was a great moment because he just, with that statement, he put me as his equal, put all of us as his equal, which is the goal for me when I do a, a panel is to say all of us can be celebrities, can be. There are definitely some people who come to panels as fans. They just love to listen. That's the beauty of Dragon Con is the fandom. The people who just want to listen and meet you. There is hard to get that in the podcasting world, right, on your own. Uh, you can't, but it's, it's a lot more hoops to jump through. And there are definitely some other cons that you can get it from as well. Um, but, yeah, that, that was just uh, amazing to, to do that whole professional thing. So that was that year. And that was, the, you know, the second thing that I want to point out to people is, you never know the story that goes behind where you get to. But just giving to give leads to greater opportunities. And that, that was what DragonCon there was for me. It was I finally get to share some of these things that are in my brain that never get out into the world. And 
not only did I do that, I had a panel full of people I respected who had basically been there shoulder to shoulder with me because I knew all of them, uh, except for Mrs. Valentine. She was new to me, but I, she was a great addition. She was a great addition to the panel. And that's, that's something else I learned from DragonCon and from putting in. Sometimes when we say yes, and again, for those of you who are new, just tuned in right now, I did quote uh, credit this to Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer. But for those of us who say yes, and wait for the right people to be there at the right place in the right time, you have to let go of what you think that looks like. Because all I did was put in a panel that I think was important for the community to hear, that I think the information to share was important. And I found some people who were going to be there. And then Dunaway and Spag put the rest of the people on the panel and gave people I never met, never could see coming, a chance to share information that was important to the community that I learned from. So when you say yes, when you don't know, but you're following your passion and you're doing that hustle and you're going for what you love, not only is it easy, you get to places you never thought you would be. And that's what I love about it about DragonCon, about the hustle, about getting out there, doing what I love. Because then I got this amazing compliment from uh, Tom Merritt, who was, who was important to me to get that compliment from then. Now we're buddies. Now, now I get the name drop Tom Merritt, but no, we are. We're buddies. I, I've gotten to be on Current Geek with him. Uh, anytime we, we see each other, we go have a beer or something. It's cool. And if I, if I had a show that he would fit on, that fits into his schedule, he'd be on it in a heartbeat. But also to speak to his name, uh, or to his character, he's one of the guys that even on when he was, I think he's bigger now than ever before as far as celebrity and as far as professional podcasting and what he's doing. But when he was a in-your-face celebrity on This Week in Tech, he would be on anybody's podcast. If you reached out to him and he could fit into his schedule, he'd be there. That is a podcaster by heart. That is a podcaster. So uh, the third year, I got a few more panels. I was a pro. I've been a pro ever since then, an attending pro. The third year, got a few more panels. Uh, last year was year number four, and that was when Brian Dunaway, uh, towards towards July, so it's, it's Labor Day weekend every year. And so towards the end of July, 1st of August, Dunaway's like, hey, would you like to be a volunteer this year? I have a spot. And I was like, sure, because I love helping. I love doing these things. So any, I'm going to be there anyway. Any chance I can to help you make it better, to make it easier for you, to get my fingers in and influence the growth of something that I love, I will be there. So last year, I got to be a volunteer as well as a pro. And I got to then, got to moderate a ton of panels. He's like, hey, what, you want to do this one? You want to do that one? So I got to be on a few more panels than anticipated. I'd already built up my connections and my name to people that uh, – as of the day of the podcast, or not the, uh, of the podcast, but during the con, Rob Roberts and Rob, uh, Bobby Blackwolf came up, gave me a voice of geeks, and we're friendly, and we connected that first year, and we've kept in touch. Bobby's here in Atlanta as well, which is always a joke. I, I talk to Rob more in California than I do to Bobby, who's here in my backyard. And we just, he's running a network, I'm running a network, we just don't make the time, and that's the truth, we don't make the time to go and get lunch, and we really should. Uh, I don't know why we don't. We just don't. But it's cool. We give each other hugs when we get to Dragon Con. We have fun. But they came up and said, hey, we have this panel about the ever-changing face of social media and what it means to podcasting, and we want you on it. I'm like, I love you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love you know that kind of thing. Seeing those connections, I was like, absolutely. And so I got to do that. Uh, but being that volunteer and then just helping out, 
I got to plug in to moderate. I got to be in front of people. I got to sit on a panel. I think it was last year with Total Biscuit. I uh, was on there. Maybe it was two years ago. I think it was last year. I don't remember the exact year. But I got to do more, right? I got to be on how to uh, monetize your podcast because I do make money from podcasting. I uh, I got to to promote Breaking the Panel and From the Hell Carrier with Ibit over the years. Uh, I got to get shout-outs from people I didn't know were listening to my shows, and that was fun. Uh, lots of great moments. See, as a creator on the Internet, you don't get all the feedback that you wish you did. If you're a creator on the – if you're a stand-up comedian, you go to an open mic night, and either they laugh or they don't, but you get feedback. Maybe you get into a group of comedians who can give you other feedback, right? And other podcasters can give you feedback in podcasting. But the audience, it is, the way podcasting is consumed is after the fact, 99% of the time, right? Either you record just a podcast, so it, only go, it goes up after you've obviously done it. And then people listen when they want to. Maybe they get five episodes behind and they want to go back and listen to them in order. Maybe they just skip five and listen to the sixth episode that comes out. I, I do that with DC on screen because uh, when they were doing, and I know they're changing up their format, but when they were doing all of their uh, in-depth reviews of all the shows, well, I don't watch all the shows. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm in second season of Gotham. Gotham's on season five right now, I think. So I don't listen to those shows, so I skip them, right? But I might miss something that's going on in their life. I might miss a chance to feedback. People sometimes just don't take the time to email, to Twitter, to Facebook to say, hey, I love what you're doing. I'm a fan. Thank you. Fan pages help out, right? Being a fan on the fan page helps out. Likes, shares, seeing that kind of thing helps out. But direct feedback is important to all creators, all people who, who make media, who push things forward. I mean, I get that's why, I mean, we're, we're probably going to talk about breaking the panel tonight. That's why directors get butt hurt when somebody just craps all over their stuff because they're creators. And, and maybe that's the only feedback they're getting is this, this person, this jackass, who makes a living crapping on things, crapping on your thing. Well, we need better feedback. If you're a good director, you get more high-paying jobs. That is actually pretty damn good feedback. As a podcaster, that doesn't exist yet. As a podcaster, doing a great job doesn't get you a better-paying job. It gets you some notoriety. It gets you some credibility. It gets you some reach to say, I can make some money. At it, or I can do that. But what it's done for me is open more doors to work with more people. And that's where my income comes from is working with those people. So last year, you know, being a part of it, the, the last big thing I want to talk about with DragonCon about where my path has been. So it went from thinking DragonCon was a whole bunch of, of nasty people drinking and wanting to have sex with each other and sweating everybody and ah, just this ugly thought of, oh, why would I ever want to go to that? To... Man, it's crazy awesome fandom to the world of podcasting there does really, really well. And I, I love being treated like a rock star. I'm not going to lie. I love being treated like a rock star. And I got that last year. Last year is when I debuted the Rock God podcasting title in public. I've been doing it on my shows. I did call myself the Rock God of podcasting way back in the bear calling days. Um, but I don't do that show anymore. It's not like I stuck with that show for 10 years. I did that show for... Five years and almost 300 episodes, but it's now gone and retired. So any fandom I had there didn't necessarily follow me on my journey of where I went to where I got now. 
And so I, you know, I said, I'm, and everything was about branding. Everything I introduced myself, so I'm the right guy to podcasting, Charles McFall. Blah. And when I'm on the panels, that's what I put on the the name boards was right guy to podcasting, Charles McFall, or at Rock Got a Pod or, or something like that. Um, so I got and I gotta tell you, man, I was walking through the Hall of Fame with my daughter, and randomly I hear, "Hey, Rock Got a Podcasting." Sorry, he said Rock Out of Podcasting. I can't, I got my Twitter handle stuck in my, my brain right now. But Rock Out of Podcasting. I was like, whoops, what? Yeah, hey. And like, hey, man, you had a great panel. I just want to say you had a great panel earlier today or yesterday, whenever it was. And and thank you, man. It was so awesome. Like, I wanted to hug him. Like, you're so precious. Can I take you home? You're my favorite. Because, yeah, but, it, it, it kind of sh- he acknowledges it, right? It, he's cool with it now. When I first started introducing myself as Rock Out of Pod, it it strikes you as odd at first, and so he he never mocked me. He supported it, but he he was the uh, uh, toast god of podcasting or the the nice god of. Pod- I mean, we 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 had fun with it for a while, for sure. Uh, I've definitely get mocked by my buddies as I should sometimes uh, in in chats with Paul Kotz and and BC Dodge uh, about. Uh, in fact, even today. <laughs> Rock God of Dot Wang was uh, one of the things that got proposed as uh, what I should get for a website. Um, it, it's cool. It's fun. But to have that that happen, that's, that semi-P-list celebrity moment of somebody calling you out, recognize what you did, it was so much fun. It was amazing. It was a validation. It was what I needed. But the biggest thing was the whole give to give Chasing your passion, what you do is love. And when you do love, man, when you do love, you put it in because of love. That works. I almost today, I almost did real talk about relationships and really talking about the ups and downs of marriage and the things that I've discovered and, and, and the shit that I pulled and the bullshit I've done, but what I've learned from it and how I've made it better. And that might be the next episode we do because Carl uh, was saying, hey, uh, we were just talking about this. Do this because I want to hear more about this right now. And I'm like, cool. And he had some other SEO, you know, as as he does, he has other great promotional reasons for it. Uh, but it's absolutely the right time to tell the story. Uh, so you give to your relationships. That's where I was going with that. That will come up again in the the real talk about relationship show. Is today even my wife and I went out, and she hates to be a passenger. Now, the only person I've ever seen her be a passenger with personally is me. So I always took it personal that maybe she didn't like my driving or this. But supposedly, and I have to say supposedly because I'm not in her body and mind, so I don't feel it for her. But being a passenger makes her nauseous. Don't know why. She said it works with everybody. She prefers to drive. So today, when I say you give to give, you give out of love, is when we're getting ready to live, like, hey, you can drive. No, it's a da 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 I'm like, but you hate being a passenger. I know it's my car we're taking, but you can drive. Just just take it. And um, she didn't. She she chose to be a passenger. But that's my point. I have no ego in this. I don't feel emasculated because you drive. Who gives a shit? I was a paramedic for 10 years. I sat in that passenger seat on purpose because I fucking hated driving. I'm good at it. Well, I was good at it. You see my car now. Two random things have happened to my car that I was like, what the fuck is going on? But it wasn't necessarily due to bad driving, but I'm really irritated with how my car looks right now. It's, it pissed me off. And it's because I grazed something that I couldn't see, and uh, it's whatever. Anyway, 
Power does not come from where you sit. Power comes from in here. So once you realize power is what you have, and we all have power. We all have it. Sometimes we give it away. Sometimes we choose to ignore that we have power and play the victim. But we all have power. I, I told a story recently to Klotz and Chris. That's a true story. The last job I had, they called me into the office about some bullshit. It was this time when they were trying to sell the company, and everything was just under advice and under a, a microscope and just, urgh. And I, I made a stupid mistake that didn't matter. It was a spelling mistake is what it was. But this doctor was like, well, if he can't spell, how's he? It's like, did I call you about the heart fucking rhythm? Did I make the notifications? Did I save that patient's life? Then go fuck yourself because I might have put ought instead of two. Fuck stick. Anyway, they called me in to try to write me up for that, and they're putting too much pressure. And the short version is, I was like, I still have my numbers. I'll go get on the ambulance. This is not I'm lucky to be here. This is not you're lucky to have me. This is exactly we bring stuff to the table, and we have an agreement to work together. And if you want to be an asshole, I'll just go get back on the truck. And they were like, uh, I guess you can go back to your desk now. <laughs> I was like, thank you very much. And I went back and I did my job and I never really tell about it. Never. But the point was, I knew I had power. I knew who I was. I knew what my options were. I knew they had power. They absolutely had the power of the paycheck. They had the power of authority over me. They had all kind of power. Personal human being power as well. But we had equal power. And me going, I know I have power. So do you want to try to fight this battle that's stupid, or would you rather me go back and do what I do best? They chose go back and do what you do best. And, and that's, I mean, all this. So that came out of the story of riding with my wife. And I, but I gave out a love. I said, you can drive my car. Where you sit doesn't bring you power. It doesn't make you a man. Giving her the opportunity to drive and not be nauseous makes you a loving husband and somebody who cares. So little things like that, more of that will come up in the Real Talk relationship story. But all that said, this whole path to Dragon Con, this whole line that I've taken is just giving because you love. And, and that's something Carl and I talked about. when In our partnership, what we're trying to do is, is in a certain arena, dealing with podcasting, the partnership is I'm going to do what I love, which is the grunt work, which is is the – well, a lot of people feel is the grind, is, but it's the hustle to me. It's the, the, okay, this needs to be done. It's going to be a little tedious, but, man, I do love doing it. I do love knowing that at the end of it, I've made sure it's the way I want it to look. And the way I want it to look has been proven over and over and over again to be good for the community because my heart is let's make the community better. Let's make podcasting better. Let's grow everything. And by doing that, by being one of the voice leaders, one of the thought leaders, one of the podcasting leaders, in the community, it gets, does get me more notoriety because I'm the one saying I'll do it. I'll say yes, and the right people show up at the right place at the right goddamn time. And then it looks like magic, and then all of a sudden I'm this rock star when really I've just done it year after year after year in my entire life. Now, only in podcasting, I've only done it. I didn't even do it in the first couple of years of podcasting. So I'd say out of what I figured out today, 13 years of podcasting, almost yeah, about 13 years of podcasting, that uh, maybe 10 of those years I've done that. But for 10 years, everything I've done, not only to make myself grow and be bigger, and yeah, I will fucking brag on myself in a heartbeat because if I don't, who will? Now, I love, I mean, I, bots, man. I, okay, I want to give you something about bots. God, I love them because they have 
ticked off one of the milestones on my validation slash rising star slash celebrity slash be in front of the world and change the world for a better place list. And that was they got something that I'm a part of and do. They loved it enough to put their spin on it and trash the shit out of it. And it brought tears to my eyes. I was laughing. And that was the latest botched episode. When they do a break, instead of doing the Patreon break, they proceed, they being Phil in this particular case, proceed to trash breaking the panel. And if you really listen to it, you understand the fandom and the love for what we do over there that went into them then finding a way to poo-poo on it in a fun way. It just, it made my day without them even knowing it. Paul and Ibbett and Wisdom have made my day many a time over off of that list, checking marks of, hey, people I respect. And I do respect Paul, and I do respect Chris, and I definitely, in first in line was I respected Ibbett for everything he's done. So for Ibbett to recognize in me that we could do something great, boom, checklist. Somebody I respect actually saw that, well, I believe I do good. They validate and say, you do very well. And then they help take the time to refine some of the shit I did poorly. Then Klotz came along, same thing. Man, the more you talk, Klotz, the more I see the business in you, the more I see that you're the business partner I need because you're good at the business part that I lack in. And you've taken the time to spend, invest in me to refine the parts that I lack in to make them better. And you've encouraged the things I do well. That's important. Those are all checkboxes. All of you guys have checked this stuff off. And then the last check mark that came from Dragon Con, though, was that moment where I'm just giving to give. And we're in this big room, and it's one of the biggest panels we do. It's called Five Truths and a Lie. Audrey Kearns puts it together with her husband, Brian D. Bradley. And uh, it's all celebrities. And it's this thing that they've done in L.A. that you, you get uh, six celebrities together because Audrey's the moderator. Her husband's kind of the MC of the show. And does the big setup and announcement and this and that and turns it over to her. Which is a great partnership there. It's a great, hey, I even though he's not, he's a celebrity writer. He, he wrote, uh, he was the, uh, the one part of the duo that wrote uh, Uncle Buck for ABC last year. Uh, which is an okay show. I liked his sense of humor. The show itself didn't quite work. But it was, it was a good attempt. It was a great piece of work that he did. And I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, Obviously, the world didn't quite because it got canceled, unfortunately. But uh, maybe it was NBC. I don't remember what channel it was. But anyway, he he does his own great work in his own right, right? But as a husband with no ego, he gives out of love. And he sits there as the MC to do the I'm – not that he says I'm the nobody, but right when you are the moderator and you're, you're announcing and introducing the guest, you almost – you can almost feel the energy in the room go, oh, you're second tier – to the guest. You're there to set up the guest. And technically speaking, moderators kind of are there to T-ball the guest, not T-bag caught. This is not a wisdom reference. This is T-ball, you know, set up softball, right? Set up so they can the celebrities can knock it out of the park. But what he does is he's the MC. He does introduction. He brings in Audrey as a celebrity, his wife. He brings in all the other TV celebrities and introduces her as the host of the show. And that's a whole different thing. Jimmy Fallon is never lesser than his guest. Uh, Dave Letterman, any host of a show that you want to throw out there, they're somewhat equal with the guest, right? 
And that's what he does for her, and it's an amazing thing. Well, before that happens, things are going on. We're, we're filling the room, and I'm there to kick off the room. And I, I, I take charge like I do. And I tell as Hammond and it might have been Andrew. I don't remember who was with me exactly there. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Hammond, you're going to go stand in the middle. We're going to steer everybody to either side of the wall, come down and come all the way into the middle. And I just kept making that announcement. And Hammond was guiding people because people have a tendency in life to sit wherever the fuck they want, which means all of a sudden you got one empty seat on the row, on the end of the row, one empty seat in the middle, and two people sitting there. And now you got to split people up. So at DragonCon, we say, move in, you know, in the smaller rooms, it's whatever. The, and if there's empty seats, we say, hey, raise a hand if you got an empty seat because we will get some standing room only panels. And we'll get some panels. We have to shut the door so no more people can come in. Sorry. But in the big, big panels, is always move all the way into the row. You got to, because we've got a thousand people coming into this room. You have to move in. So we were doing that announcement, this and that and other. And I had a microphone just to make the announcements, right? Because I am there for Audrey. And I know they're going to do an amazing thing. And I am out of the way. I'm simply backstage, if you will. I'm simply the hand. I'm here to help you make this the best possible panel you can make it. And so I'm sitting there doing the announcements, and Audrey comes through. I'm like, hey, you know, I didn't do that. I said, all right. I started to set her. I was going to set her up and hand it off the microphone to her. And she comes back and goes, I need five more minutes. And kept on going. I went, okay. Now what? Do we let people sit here and stare at the screen, which is not something I ever do? Oh, my God. Fucking Beetlejuice, isn't it? I said botch three times, and I mentioned Phil three times, and a motherfucker shows up. I'm sorry, Klotz. I shouldn't have said, uh, I shouldn't have done the Beetlejuice thing. It's my bad. So, well, Phil, I talked about you earlier, and I'm not going to go back and talk about it again. But it was good. It was actually good. I liked it. It was awesome. So, uh, but here's what happened is a gift to give out of love, right? So I've always loved Audrey. I've always done everything I can help without ever asking for my name in lights or to be a part of it or anything like that. And all of a sudden, she moves through and says, I need five more minutes, which really was about 10 after all was said and done. And so the entertainer in me kicked in. I was like, all right. Uh, and, and by that point, everybody had pretty much sat down and said, okay, here's what's going on. We've got some more celebrities coming in. And I proceeded to shuck and jive and make shit up and pull awesome stuff out of my ass and make the crowd laugh. And I'm talking about... I should have done a goddamn selfie. I thought about it afterwards, like, how the fuck did I not, like, you know what? This is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, make it funny, you know, goofy. But I'm going to take a selfie with everybody and have them cheering and stuff. And do this. I didn't do that. I don't know why the fuck I didn't do that. But I didn't think of it till later. I should have goddamn did a selfie with it. I mean, this is a good thousand-person crowd. And I'm biggest crowd I've ever played to. And they're laughing and they're responding. And... Um, this year, if I have to do that, I already have a story in mind. But I didn't also didn't want to step on Audrey's toes, and we've talked about stuff since then. But I do it, and I'm just filling space. You know, I'm the show opener. The, the comedian that goes on before the sitcom to get the crowd warmed up and laughing, that's ultimately where I fell. And I'm, I'm doing it, and I'm getting them. And Brian comes out and indicates they're ready. And so I just unceremoniously go, all right, here's Brian D. Bradley. And head over, and man... He did the nicest thing anybody could ever do. He he's like, and a big thanks to the Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall. Everybody give it up. He you know, blah blah. You know, he, he's talking about how I took care of him, and it it melted me, man. It was it was it was a place I never thought I would be. Never once dreamed visually this is what I would get to do. And I know it's a step to where we're going, but never dreamed just by giving instantly 
you can be rewarded. And it was an amazing experience. I still ended up doing back you know, behind the thing, scenes things for them. Didn't get to hang out with any of the celebrities, but that was okay. You know, that, that was cool. Yeah, I kind of hoped that there would be an after party. I kind of hoped that Audrey would invite me to it. There was not, and she did not. So, uh, But it's like, you know, I gave and I got. It was amazing. And that's my Dragon Con story of, of going from somewhere I never thought I would be to just trying to do a panel to now, this year I'm a volunteer again. I've gotten to work hand-in-hand with Brian Dunaway and learn all kind of things about how this works. And uh, got, I got a lot of influence on the content and really shaping the how the community is going to be informed and dealt with this year. I got, because of all the give that I've given, out of, again, out of love, out of bettering the community, I got to ask for a selfish favor. And I told him up front, I was like, this is selfish. And I know it's self-serving. But I feel like I can bring a lot of awesomeness to DragonCon. Can we have a giant-sized team-up night? And he goes, absolutely. Absolutely. He goes, we'll give everybody a shot one time for sure. You know, because he didn't know all the shows on the thing. He goes, yeah, basically, if you do, if you, and that's the truth about DragonCon. You get one shot. Chance to take. What's the Eminem song? <laughs> Mom's Spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> but no, you seriously, you get a chance. Everybody ultimately eventually gets a chance at a panel. That puts in for it. And if you if you fuck it, you pretty much are never coming back. And there's been there's been some people who fucked it and their names are on a do not return list, basically. Because we'll give everybody a first shot. And those who take care of us, we absolutely give we take care of them. So yeah, take your giant size team up night. And because of that, and I, I was very careful with it. I was very much Never want to be too much me, 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 too much us, right? I just want to, I want a chance to promote my brand new baby network that's doing amazing work, and we're changing the world of geekdom and fandom and doing some great stuff. I want to, <laughs> yes, Clots, you can sleep on the rape couch if you'd like me to take care of you in the biblical sense. <laughs> um, but, because of everything I gave, he had no hesitation to say, absolutely. That's not, I mean, it is self-serving on, on the surface, but we know you. You'll bring great content. By all means, have a giant-sized team-up night. And this year, we actually, I even sp- spread the love, right? So Tony P. Henderson of Geek Versus, they, Geek Versus Week gets a panel to kick off giant-sized team-up night as a friend of the network. Because I think what he does is great. And him and Casey and... Uh, Betty are going to be there. And like, why have you not put it in for a panel, asshole? He goes, well, I don't know. I was like, fuck you. I'm putting in your panel. You're going to do the show. He's like, okay. <laughs> and I got him a great guest. I, I Honestly, off the top of my head, I can't remember the guest. But I got him a great guest. I gave him a couple options of guests. And they're like, yeah, let's do this one. Got it. Done. They got a celebrity guest. That was amazing. Because I got to involve myself and say, yeah, Dunaway, I will help you. What do you need? What do you need? How can I make your life better? I learned some things, and now breaking the panel, we're going to have Kelly Sudaconic on our panel that night. Uh, I, I can't, DC Herring, DC something like that is going to be on, on Geek versus Week. Um, there was nobody I could think of for Pokemon Go. We're, we're not going to have a guest there. But I've tried to get different guests for Boost and Phasers. Botch, of course, no guests because you have a very set time frame and, and you're writing a one-off. Dungeons and Dragons things, but that eventually you could have a guest. Uh, it's just it's been amazing, is what I'm saying. So you know, Geek versus Week kicks it off, and then Pokemon Go podcast is going to do a show, and then because we have a change of schedule, we're going to get to do a panel that got 
put on the, the back burners of how, when, and why to join a network. And it's going to be one per, including myself, one person each from the networks that are represented on the banner that we have this year. We're going to be there to talk about why they have a network, why they're on a network. Because Brian Dunaway is, is on the network. He doesn't run Frog Pants, but he's going to talk about why he joined it, how he sees the business of it. And we're going to share the different aspects of networking and when you should stay solo. And that's an important thing to me right now, especially building a network, is to share that information. And then we're going to follow that up with breaking the panel. It's going to be amazing. Then right after breaking the panel is, um, I think it's booze and phasers. And then it's going to be botched. And, and even beyond that, I almost forgot about this part. Even beyond that, one of the things that happened this year is always, I, I've been trying to figure out how do I get to other tracks from the podcast track because that's how you grow your shows that's how you grow your brand that's how you grow your reach is you go to other places other than where you live and spread the good news <laughs> right and because i helped out as a volunteer and i handled communications for dunaway and helped do that i got invited to go be a part of a, a really cool thing that sounds like is is cards against humanity but it's called heroes versus villains and so they've changed how it plays. I'm going to find out later on tonight how it's going to work. But I get to be a celebrity judge on that. So I get to bring my brand of humor, promote breaking the panel and giant size team up while I do it. And it's going to be it's going to be amazing. So that's been my chasing the dragon story. It's all about God, you never know where you're going to get when you give. And when you give out of anything but love, it hurts. You feel like you're losing something. You feel dirty sometimes. Not all the time. Not all the time. But when you get rejected, as I did, because part of what I f gave to the churches was I, play, I wanted a place to feel needed. And when they dismissed me, I got mad at them because it wasn't totally about what I can do. And when I did start plugging in, when I can just say, hey, no, I'm here to help. I believe in what you're doing. And that was part of the thing, too. I don't think I believed in what those other churches were doing. But when I found a thing about I can believe in what I'm doing, that is when plugging in worked. And it, it's it's. Even though mentally I go, man, this is on such a small scale of what I've done. I feel like this whole short path through Dragon Con and, and great, amazing things to come still. I mean, who knows what this year is going to hold on a level of epicness. You know, the fact that we get a celebrity on our panel just by saying please is, is amazing. You know, it, it, it's an opportunity that I never would have had before. But all the work, all the hustle is my bread and butter, man. It's my love. I mean, when Carl starts talking about when I ask him for one more thing, he's like, hey, Carl, I got this idea on SEO and promotion, but I need your help. And I know you're already doing a bajillion things for work. And you're doing, I feel like Morty from Rick and Morty. Right? Oh, oh, Carl, Uncle Carl, can you uh, take me to a dimension of, of awesomeness and, and promote my show for me? <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh whatever anytime I personally go, man, I know you're you've got clients on the side that you work for. I know you got a nine to five, if not longer hours that you work for as a main job. And I know you're doing all this stuff as investing in Giant Size Team Up, being our SEO expert. So here's one more thing that I really I'm hesitant to ask. I'm just gonna throw out the idea. How do you uh <laughs> stop and get some help, Morty? You're right. <laughs> uh God, I, I've gotten hooked on that show. I really have. Um, uh, anyway. It, God damn, Klotz. I read that in, in uh, uh, Rick's voice as well when you said that. Uh, 
<laughs> you you are somewhat of the Rick to my Morty a little bit sometimes, uh, without a doubt. So, um, anyway, what I'm saying is, when I brought the Carl yesterday, I have this idea. I'm going to need some help. He's like, you know my answer is yes. I'm like, yeah, I know your answer is yes, but I really need you to think about it because it's going to take time and energy. He goes, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically BC says, dude, it's what I love. And when you love it and it's right and you're working with the right people, it just, it's easy and it flows. I went, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I've always wanted to play with people who want to play with me, but I want to play with people who see the world the way I see it. And while, yes, Klotz and Chris and Ibbett and myself come from different angles of life, that's exactly how we see it. When we love it, the work is nothing. We just do it, and it's fun. And everything I've done to get us here as a network, everything I've done personally to get me where I am. And what I was saying is I know in the Dragon Con scheme of things, I'm still such small potatoes. But these feel like every year it feels like I'm jumping a decade ahead of work. I'm jumping so much further in my notoriety, in my ability to influence on a higher level, to get out there and do what I love for a living and change the world of podcasting, change the world of people listening, change the world of fandom, and just change the world. You put the dent in the goddamn universe, as Steve Jobs kind of said. <laughs> it, it just, it feels amazing to see all the work that I've put in it, it honestly does. It feels like I'm on um, I'm on the biggest stage in the world at Dragon Con. And you'll see it's a smaller panel, but it will fill the room with 160, 200 people. I can't remember the exact room you know that we can hold. But that just it feels like that thousand person audience. You know, I didn't get a taste of that thousand person audience in front of Five Truths and a Lie and go, Oh man, I can never go back to talk in front of five people. No, it felt the same. Being able to work with people like Paul and Phil and Dennis and uh, Jason and and Travis and everybody, Joe, you know, everybody else that we work with on the network, uh, Frank and, and Trent and, and Ben and those guys. It's dreams starting to come true. It's, it's the vision of what I had when I stepped into podcasting, of where I could go, of what I could do, having that come around. Dragon Con is just an allegory for my life. I mean, it's just a, hey, here's a physical story I can tell you of the work I've put in and where it's gotten me in five years. But in reality, I mean, just be able to work with these people, just be able to, to connect and, and work side by side by people that you see you think you're doing great work and have them think you're doing great work. There might be some some bro tears at uh, at uh, our GSU barbecue. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there, there won't be any big speeches. Actually, what I look forward to is shutting up and just interacting with everybody and he seeing you guys play with each other. And you know, not in the Chris Wisdom dirty way, but in the you know the way we do online, but in person and, and seeing the team come together. Since I was little. And yeah, I mean, my my story of family is is somewhat broken, and the feelings of it. My my my, we were in a nuclear family: mom, dad, brother, sister, family of four, always married. No, you know, no massive problems. But even the atomic family has problems, and and the disconnect I had with them and with different things in my life <laughs> is is I've always I've always known there's a team out there, you know, and that's why Gardens of the Galaxy resonated with me. That's why G.I. Joe always resonated with me as a kid 
was you never do it alone. You work together on as equals. And to be here now doing that. And and there's stuff that, that may be coming, may not be coming, that I can't talk about yet. But there's so many cool things that are on its, on its way that I'm living the life. I'm living the happy life. And, I, and it's the rock god of podcasting life. That's all I can say. So I want to say thank you for listening. You can get out there and be the rock god of your life. You really can by just taking what what I've done, seeing what fits for you, throw away the rest, change it, change the words, change whatever. Because what, if I if what I say feels good, if what I say resonates and hits that spot for you, maybe how I did it is different than how you're going to do it. But you can take these principles and have a better job. You can have a better relationship with with your loved ones. You know, uh, you can you can have the life that you want as long as you. You never look at the life that you have. I mean, it's weird. it might be weird to say it that way, but that's the truth. I never look at the life I have. I mean, I almost want to apologize for my house when, when my boys are coming. I've got six grown-ass adults coming to stay at my place for Dragon Con. I've got four others, five, six, seven, eight other people that aren't staying here that uh, well, at least six of those eight will come to my house. And I almost want to go, no, I live in a rundown neighborhood. I live in a low-rent neighborhood. My house is kind of shit. But then I go, no, that's not me. That's not me. When I come in, when you come in, you're going to go, yeah, no. There's some nice stuff. There's you can, see the part, you can see the parts that are me that are nice. And you can go, no, the rest of this is a rental. This is all temporary. And it's, it's, it's going to be the life. And it's what I've always wanted of not just people who want to work with me, but people who want to hang out and play and be a part of the vision that I have. So I, I ramble on. I, I, I just, it does. It means so much to me that we're doing this stuff and that I get to be creepy to, to Carl. <laughs> and God, man, I did a, I did a, I did a walking dead real life meme for him. And I still, one of my favorite moments ever, Carl, Carl, he still hasn't felt what he's looking for. Um, <laughs> uh, I never consider myself a comedian, so when I can make the people I enjoy laugh, especially the people who make me laugh, it means so much to me. Um, all that jazz. I don't know. I ramble on. But that's the thing. The ultimate way to get the life you want is to love yourself, to focus on yourself. But, God, in that, in that paradox that is life, in the yin and the yang, or yin-yan, because I grew up saying yin-yang, and, of course, there's the yin-yang twins. But I know, I believe it's officially pronounced yin-yan. Um, in that balance, by loving yourself and putting yourself first and taking care of yourself, you maybe it's just me, but in my life, I automatically take care of others. I try to help others. I pay attention to what they need. I want it to <laughs> shut up, Phil. <laughs> but I want, I want it. God damn it, you threw me off. Phil wins the cookie of the show because he threw me off track of what I was saying. But you give out of love, and you can only give out of love when you love yourself. And when you love yourself, Use a lot of lotion. No, that was bad. That was wrong. That was creepy. <laughs> Sorry. You live the life you want. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Hit me up. Rock out of pot. R-G-O-P, rather. R-G-O-P at charlesmcfall.com. You can use my personal email. I don't give a shit. Bearcrawling at gmail.com. When I become a massive, huge-ass celebrity and get a 1,000 emails a day, I'll just have a goddamn assistant take care of it, and we'll make a new email for the personal people that need shit done. Um. So, yeah, bearcalling at gmail.com. 
SpeakPipe, rockoutofpodcasting.com has got the SpeakPipe right there on the side. Leave your voice message. If you're listening to this and you're voting for the Podcast Awards, please vote for me. I would really appreciate it. If you're listening to this and you're not voting for the Podcast Awards, thank you for listening. Share it with your friends. Promote the fuck out of the things. I really think I need to touch. <laughs> I see, goddamn, I see Kotz and Phil here, and I'm about to say, I think I need to touch more lives, and they're going to make some kind of bad joke about that, and rightfully so. Uh, Twitter's at Rock Got a Pod. Facebook, as you're seeing it live here, Facebook.com forward slash Rock Got a Podcasting. And the, the podcast is Rock Got a Podcasting on iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else you can find it. All right, I'm going to go take a uh, rest for a while. Oh, you know what? I did not do, I did not get my music going here. So let me do that. Uh, get it playing. Uh, so I can fade this out and not have to edit the podcast at all. Yeah, that's muted there. So, ah, there it is. So, yeah, what Phil got me with is we don't think of you as a comedian either. The last lines here is life is suffering and life at the Jazz McFall House will be no different. Uh, no, you're welcome. To, I know you're joking. You're welcome to be invited. And Phil Keating, derailing shows since 1986. Well, thank you, sir. You did a great job. Uh, but go back and listen because I did say some great things about your latest promotion on Botched for Breaking the Pain. I loved it. Uh, yeah. Love all, serve all. That's the, the hard rock hat that I have on. But this great motto, take care of yourself. Because if you don't do that, you can't take care of anybody else. Now, uh, as Samuel L. Jackson says, you don't have to go home, but get the fuck out. <laughs>